Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today at RG Podcast. This is Isaiah Diesel, joined with a very special guest, Randolph Richardson. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You were just going on and on right now about it, if your sound, everything was good. And I was just telling you, um, I think you should be a Christian. But if you insist on being an atheist, you need to be a Canadian atheist because Canadian atheists are the nicest people in the world. What do you think? <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, my co-host, um, one of them actually is from Canada. His name's Sid, a.k.a. Sid Vicious. But um, yeah, he's probably the nicest guy. And it's just like, oh, you know, you probably shouldn't believe in God. Well, that's kind of, kind of going Irish there. But, you know, but go ahead. Sorry, I probably butchered that accent. You just kind of like do your thing like uh, extremely nice gentleman. We have gentleman. a variety of accents here in Canada. So it's, it's no problem for me. Yeah, so um, I just have a, this is not a debate channel. It's called Respect, Humility, Empathy. And what we try to do is try to see things from other people's perspectives. So I do have some questions about atheism and about what you do specifically. Sure. Um, so you up for that? Oh, yeah. No All right. Problem. Well, before we get started, though, we usually do a friendly fire round. Where I'm just going to ask you some random questions. And uh, <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Try to answer, answer these as fast as possible. Okay, here we go. All right. Poutine or maple syrup? Poutine. Okay. Poutine. I, I like both, but I prefer poutine. Okay, okay. Uh, all right. Um, you do like maple syrup? So, okay. Then uh, waffles or pancakes? Oh, that's a tough choice. I'm going to go with waffles, though. Mm. They tend Coffee? to have a little more sugar. Coffee or tea? <laughs> Coffee or tea? Okay. Coffee or tea? Hmm. Um, neither. Neither. Okay. All right. Um, I live in Asia, so we're kind of, uh, we love tea here. But if I had to choose, it would be tea. Tea. And uh, actually, uh, let's see, a couple more. Um, so if you had to live the remainder of your years stuck in any decade, uh, which one would it be? And I'd probably go for the late 80s, early 90s. All right. I actually right. wanted to do Expo 86 all over again. I, I really enjoyed that event. So if you're going to get killed by any fictional horror figure, who would it, who would you want to go at the hands of? Oh, I've never thought about this. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't have. Well, whoever it is, if, if I had to be killed, it would, whoever could do it quickest, I guess, the <laughs> Q would be, I guess the Q from Star Trek would be pretty fast. Okay. Just snap his fingers and you wouldn't even notice anything. So everybody painless. <laughs> everyone's everyone who I've asked that to, they want to all get killed by Freddy. So do you guys have that up there in Vancouver? Freddy Cooker? You mean Freddy Cooker? Yeah. Oh boy, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's the prestige of it. I think you've uh, been talking to masochists. That's what I think. <laughs> well, I do interview a lot of atheists here, a lot of people from uh, various uh, channels and you know, very different worldviews. We actually had a Muslim and a Jew come on, and uh, we've been trying to arrange this for the last few months. So I really appreciate your time. And yeah, thank you for uh, your right. patience. My schedule's oh, been challenging the last few months, so I do absolutely. appreciate your patience with me on this. I do want to say that this is going to be a much friendlier discussion than you had with Darth Dawkins, because I saw <laughs> you clash heads with him a few times. I was left with the impression that he likes to conduct interrogations. Mm. So, uh, and nowadays, uh, that seems to be more prominently the case for him. Well, I do have a pen and a piece of paper here. So consider this a semi-interview, -in semi-interview. Um,
interrogation. If ah. I have to waterboard you, I'm going to try to figure a way how to do that because I do plan. <laughs> this is going to be get maybe a little contentious, but uh, it's going to be done very respectfully and uh, just generally kind of just trying to see things from the other person's perspective. Uh, yeah, I no think problem. I'm not worried. As we're floating through the universe, we are only capable of discovering a very small amount of the things around us. So the more we can understand that and, um, you know, just try to have empathy that everyone else is having the same exact experience where we're, no one's asked to be flung into this universe uh, as a male or female or gay or trans or Muslim, where we happen to be born. Um, no one asked to be put in these uh, the situations that they were put into. I would say that Sure, we all have the same experiences as far as we can tell, but I think each person perceives these experiences differently. Yeah, yeah. certainly. And I'm positive that had I experienced the same kind of experiences you had, uh, I would be an atheist. But the truth is that I've had the experience that I've had, and it's made me into a Christian. Hmm. And um, if I could somehow transfer my thoughts into yours and you would have seen what I've seen, then <laughs> I believe that you would be a Christian, but you never know, you know? there's There's always a randomness the chaos theory the a butterfly effect you never really know there's this uncertainty uh in the universe right Do you i think your point I, I think what you're saying is perfectly valid yeah so uh that being said uh, i want to ask you a few questions here i'll start off with one um how long have you been an atheist for i've always been an atheist all my life really yes like you I've never, never once I've never believed in any deities. That's interesting. So let me ask you something off the top. Then, So were your parents atheist? Yeah, my dad, definitely. He's also a skeptic. My mom is Gnostic. She kind of leans toward the Christian God. It's, it's not, she's not a strong, staunch Christian uh, or anything like that. She's kind of more passive about it. Uh, when, when uh, uh, throughout my childhood, uh, nothing was ever imposed on me. It's, it's, uh, the influence was uh, think for yourself, uh, mm -hmm. make your own determinations about things, mm -hmm. try your best to uh, be well informed when mm -hmm. making decisions. And uh, uh, my wife and I raise our kids the system. My yeah. daughter just uh, just turned three. She, I, I, as I said, I am living in South Korea, so uh, my wife is Korean. And I, I saw on your name you have some kind of. Chinese letters. Yeah. So do you have yeah, some Chinese kind of characters? Chinese, Chinese. My wife is Chinese. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Bump. Can we get a bump here for the Asian? <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Great. Awesome. Wow. I'm so glad. See, for me, the more things we can talk about, um, the more things we can try to find things in common and see at the end of the day, we're really not that far different. And yeah. so that's kind of been my um Oh, I can think of lots of similarities I see right off the bat. We're, we're both uh, human beings. We're both on the same planet. That makes us both Tolarians. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term Tolarian. It's a Negative. science fiction for the audience. It's a science fiction term that means inhabitant of planet Earth. Are you a sci-fi uh, geek? I enjoy it. I'm not, uh, I'm not really strong in that area, even though I am writing a science fiction story for decades now. I... I'm obsessed with the sci-fi genre. I believe it is by far the best genre because it can transcend so many other genres. In fact, I believe yeah. it's probably the only genre that can actually do that. Um, I agree. Look I at believe Star that. Trek. 
Look at the original series of Star Trek. My favorite is the Next Generation series for the Star Trek, uh, uh, the whole Star Trek uh, mm -hmm. uh, system. But the, the, the original series had uh, one episode where the aliens were one half of their skin was black, the other half was white, and then the others was the other way around. Mm -hmm. And they explored the themes of racism with that. Wow. And wow, fascinating. The people on the starship, they didn't, Captain Kirk and his crew, they didn't realize what the difference was at first until near the end. And they realized, oh, it's because you're white on the left side, the other one's white on the black, or black on the left side. And so it was, uh, I forgot what the name of the episode was. Uh, hopefully someone in the audience can pipe in and uh, uh, tell us what it is. That usually happens in live streams. But it was, uh, it was a great episode because uh, these guys were just so angry at each other just because the, the color was on the wrong side of their bodies. That's so interesting because... So you're right. So I'm supporting your point here because it, it can explore a genre of racism in showing it in the worst possible light. Right. But with alien species. So humans can stand back and take a more objective look at it more easily that way. So right. yes, I fully agree with you that science... Uh, science fiction is is a great uh, platform for doing this. Probably, I th I believe the greatest uh, the greatest sci-fi anthology ever, even to this day, was uh, the Twilight Zone, and so it oh, it explored yeah. some very interesting concepts as far as uh, xenophobia and um, but it did it with incredibly clever ways. For example, using uh, incorporating aliens, and um, then there was also this idea of um, showing like breaking points of humanity and i think that's that's the greatest thing about the sci-fi is because it can take things to some extremes and kind of show us the our morality and fragility um when pushed to some of the most extreme limits uh of the cosmos but i'm so sorry can you hold okay, on one I, second please just one I like second the, okay i'm so sorry i like just the breaking point of humanity part and rod sterling is a hard act to follow he was a great host because of the fact that you have never been a believer you were never indoctrinated do you think that that contributes to you not being like as angry towards religion or do you still feel like a level of uh, like anti-theism anti from um, your perspective? So what I see is some of the ideas um, promoted in religions, certain religions. I, I definitely have problems with the mm -hmm. conflict in my view with human rights, mm -hmm. uh, which I value. And uh, there's the whole thing about uh, controlling people uh, based on arbitrary, char arbitrary characteristics like their sex and whatnot. Mm -hmm. so, so those particular ideals I have problems with. Um, somebody asked me one time if uh, I had the uh, power to uh, rid the world of religion, would I do it? My answer is the same as Christopher Hitchens, who was once asked, uh, he didn't know he was being filmed at the time. And that my answer is no, I wouldn't rid the world of it. And uh, But Christopher Hitchens didn't get to elaborate on the reason why. I do have a reason for this. And that is that I am a proponent of freedom of expression, freedom of thought and different freedoms. Mm -hmm. And I feel that uh, censorship is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, censorship is a problem because it effectively robs people of the opportunity to uh, to think for themselves, to judge things, and to make up their own minds about things. Right. And uh, I would much rather make the decision for myself on certain matters uh, than to have somebody filter it for me sure. so that I don't even have the chance to think about it. And, and I think it, it is in tune with freedom. So if all religion was removed, it would effectively be taking... 
the options for religions as choices away from people and right. have to invent them all over again. So, uh, of course, I, I'm opposed to the idea of ridding the world of religions. Interesting. Um, I am a Christian, but I, I'm a, I would consider myself a secular humanist. So I would That's say fine. probably politically, we're probably 99% on board because uh, I don't want the government involving, or the, I don't want the, the state, the church involving in the state and has absolutely nothing to do with the state. It's because I believe that it would weaken the church. It would weaken Christians. And I believe it already has because it's a distraction. So I, think I agree just, with you, but I think it, the problem is it would interfere with government. So we're looking at different perspectives, but coming right. to the same conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Very interesting. Um, recently, I had a discussion with a very nice gentleman who we've had very long extended talks uh, about the trans issue because mm -hmm. I have expressed some opinions. Why is it an issue? Well, let me, let me get to it. I've expressed okay. uh, some of my opinions online and I was like labeled as a, as a transphobe. And, but the thing is, what I believe is, mm -hmm. is that people regardless as if you agree or disagree with someone like we should be treating people with respect so i don't I, i've confronted darth dawkins uh, it, it appeared on tom tom rabbit's channel about his treatment um, of transgender people uh and then refusal to speak to them because i believe even if we believe that something is not right in the situation that does not give us um it does not give us a free reign to abuse and attack people and to try to belittle or de dehumanize them. Like, so whenever I say that I will personally use a pronoun that I don't agree with, uh, it is for the sake of the other person because I don't wanna be responsible for something that might trigger someone um, or lead to the invalidation of that person, even if I don't personally agree with it. So I had this discussion with the guy who I'm telling you about who kind of over many talks convinced me of that. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of like my position that, uh, you know, we, we, I can say I disagree with you as, as an atheist. I could disagree with an alcoholic or a Muslim, whoever, 100% gives me absolutely no right to, uh, to try to abuse or to dehumanize in any sense of the word. So. I agree. Uh, with trans people, um, I, I think the mistreatment that you're talking about is terrible. Uh, it is a form of bigotry, and of yeah. course, I'm opposed to that, as sure. you are, by the sounds of it. Um, the, the way I see it is when somebody transitions, mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're taking advantage of medical technology that's available today so that they can live honestly as who they feel they really are. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's a matter of honesty with themselves. And I have great respect for people who are being honest. Mm -hmm. So if this is what they're doing, I, I support that. I'm, uh, I definitely have no problem with it. It's, uh, and I think this is how it is for most people don't have any problem with it because what somebody else does, they have bodily autonomy. We all do. It's a human right. Um, that's fine change uh, they have the options to do this today safely it's not um, a simple process there's there's quite a lot to it it's a lengthy process mm -hmm. and it requires quite a commitment to right. to carry through right. so uh, some people especially bigoted people will uh, talk about it as if it's a flip of a switch and it's it's something 
that someone did on a whim, they made that decision. And uh, from uh, my experience in talking with trans people over the years, uh, it is most definitely not the case. Uh, it, it's something they have plenty of time to think about and it, it, it's, it's a slow process. I, I believe um, no one asked to be born with that situation. And um, so in that sense, I could have total compassion for whatever situation anybody finds themselves in, uh, whether it's poverty or addiction or uh, promiscuity, wherever someone is, uh, we're the result of thousands of dominoes getting piled onto us, uh, being tipped <laughs> over. And so, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to specifically talk about, I was just giving that as an example of um, how you could... You I don't could, expect we're going to talk about this for the whole show. Don't right. worry. <laughs> we, we, could, we could agree to, I mean, I obviously have some, my own thoughts and opinions on that, but either way, we should be able to sit down and have a talk. And, and this, this, this gentleman was a member of the LGBT uh, plus community. And over the course of several hours, and I really thank him for his, his patience to have these conversations with me over many, many hours. Uh, I learned a lot. And, I, and I, I, would, I would never intentionally try to misgender someone. But, but for my, I was like, I, was like, I would, I would want to use gender neutral so that I don't have to go along with this because it's something I don't believe in. But after, as I said, after those talks, I said, you know, if this is a small thing I could do, that's going to take me 0.5 seconds to do. That's going to give someone a validation that may not lead them to uh, look in the mirror, at the, look in the mirror at the end of the day with just a little bit, um, you know, just a little bit less hatred of themselves or the situation that they're facing. Like that's, I, that's not a problem for me, you know, as a, and it's great. Actually, I'm sure, you know, Oz of the Tart channel. Maybe oh, he yeah. put he put probably the biggest crack in the ceiling for me. He talked about geez, he's like, as a Christian, shouldn't you be treating others the way you want to be treated? And and uh, and I was like, wow, like uh, he he sent me for a loop there. So uh, yeah, but uh, he's, so, he's, he's a smart fellow. I have a lot of respect for him. I, I really like what he's doing. Uh, he's also been supporting our normalized atheism campaign, and uh, they've they've taken it to a new level. I'm I'm very pleased with what they're doing and. Uh, promote support them wholeheartedly i disagree with the golden rule but um we can get into that later because there, there are some problems with it well there i you could you could break down you're going to find problems in anything that you do because i know what you'd probably say well, probably find the, serious problems with it the platinum rule you might go to the platinum rule but i mean well, and here tell me what you think the platinum rule is is to treat others the way that they want to be treated but um it's more in line with what i'm saying i i right. go a little further than that and i'll say it's uh, it's important to strive to treat others as uh, in accordance with their preferences. Uh, and the reason I put strive in there is because there are times when we can't do that. Sure, uh, sure. So uh, with Charles Manson, strive. he would want to have been set free from prison. And strive. I have no interest in doing that. So you said uh, strive to what? Uh, strive to treat others in accordance with their preferences. Okay. See, and that's where... It's... it's, it's it's very close to the platinum rule that you just stated. Yeah. Um, it, the difference is the, uh, the the statement of intention there because it leaves yeah. it open to be selective. Yeah. Well, because life's not black and white. I yeah, I get that. There's a lot of grays in there, and um, this this is probably one of the biggest problems with people have with religion is that there there seems to be this extreme ends like you go to heaven or hell. Like there's no like nothing in between, and that does make you stop and analyze some things like, wow, do I really believe like what's at the core of this? 
because that kind of extreme thinking is just rarely true in life in general. But so, but, but piggybacking off of what you said, this is where we could, we could have an honest agreement to disagree on this point, because I don't believe that, um, well, first of all, we could, we could start this, that some people want to be abused and want to be, um, they want to be in codependent. Or they're just masochistic. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Masochistic. They want to be in um, codependent relationships, and for me, no, I would... no, no, no. A lot of masochists are not after codependency. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, hold on. Um, just please yeah. don't interrupt here. That's like one of the rules: is just don't interrupt and don't uh, <laughs> don't go after people uh, personally. Okay. So let me let me finish. I'm not going uh, after you personally. No, no, no. no. I'm just saying th- those are just those are just the general guidelines of the. Uh, okay. Because now I got to backtrack to where I was going with this. Oh, okay. Um, I see. So I could so. kind of throw people off. Um, I didn't mean to. No, okay. no, no, not a problem. Not a Sorry problem. about that. No, 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 don't. Uh, I do sometimes too. Sometimes it's, it's delay because you think someone's done and you come in. So it's, I, I live in, in Asia, so there's a just big delay here. But, um, okay. So some people want to be in codependent uh, relationship or abusive relationships, uh, such as like women who are suffering from batter woman um, syndrome, you know, so because people don't always have the same level of um, self-respect or cognition, they could truly want to be treated in some, some very horrific manners, one. And then two, I mean, we'll just have to agree to disagree on this point because in my perspective, in my experience, it does not seem as though going along with, with something like a transgender, um, to go along with transitioning and spending all the money and all the physical Damage, uh, pain that you might inflict onto yourself or not being able to have children or lactate or et cetera, et cetera. It seems like you're doing a lot of harm to the person. Now, I understand, I understand that you might feel that you're supporting them, but in my opinion, um, it doesn't seem like that's a, a supportive thing to do. So um, I do want to transition to... But, you know, you're, you're, you're stating that uh, we disagree, so I, I do need to respond. Sure. Uh, Earlier, you did indicate that you support human rights. Sure. This is, to me, seems like a matter of bodily autonomy. A person has a choice to do this. That's that's a that's a human right. Um, do you you you're? It sounds like you're you have an expectation that some limits should be imposed on bodily autonomy. Oh uh, no, I no, I actually didn't say that at all. Um, okay. So that's it. That's an assumption. I said if you were to go along with it. Um, let's say as your friend, or let's say like your child, for example, would come to you. To me, in my opinion, the most compassionate thing to do would be to understand the situation. I've suffered yeah. from BID and body dysmorphia. I understand it 100%. So there's no judgment. There's no condemnation coming on from this end. But okay. to me, it seems rather than to put yourself through that, the more compassionate thing would be to try to get you to accept yourself for, for who you are, is, is what I'm going to say. Because people who do suffer from BID, they want to do things such as amputate their limbs or to live um, blind. And so they do, they do go through some extreme things like uh, mm. putting bleach and stuff, uh, Clorox in their eyes so that uh, it destroys their vision. So if someone would come to you and say, hey, I, I just want to cut off my hands um, and uh, I just feel like I'll be better if my hand, both of my hands are gone and you were to go along with that, I'm saying, in my opinion, from my perspective, you would be causing more damage. So going along with, with the platinum rule, you know, every, you're going to find, in my opinion, some, some weak points in no matter where you go. But 
I do want to transition to something else this here. Is, this is where society uh, standards become important because um, if there's somebody who is being self-destructive, like mm -hmm. physically hurting themselves, then that has to be dealt with. Transitioning sure. is not transitioning does not seem to me to qualify as self-harm. I guess that's where we differ. Sure, and we could agree to disagree on that okay. point. Um, that's I don't what agree. I would... I'm disagreeing, but carry on. <laughs> what was that? I, I don't agree to disagree. I just happen to be disagreeing. <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk about that some more. I mean, um, but you, you want to move on from transitioning, yeah. and I'm I'm okay if you want to transition away from transitioning. Uh, but it's, we're not going to agree, obviously, because we have some very fundamental differences in worldviews. And that's actually what I want to talk about a little bit more. Sure. Is uh, how would you define uh, atheism? Because this is a little bit of a weird um, word, especially these days. So in, in your, <laughs> what was that? How would I? Um, it's actually, uh, to me, it's pretty clear that mm -hmm. atheism is a classification of those who don't believe in any deities. You know, a deity is a goddess or a god. Um, the there are it is polysemous. Uh, the most common understanding is what I just specified. Uh, some people take it further to include the anti-theistic point of view that there are no deities, uh, and that does come up sometimes. Uh, the majority of atheists I deal with are just fine with that. Every variant of the definition I find uh, does include not believing in deities. So I'm going with that fundamental baseline. Sorry, what was ahead. the poly what? Polysemus. P-O-L-Y-S-E. Man, he used some w really weird words I've never used. I've never heard before. So Poly if you look up polysemy, uh, P-O-L-Y-S-E-M-Y, uh, that that basically means that the word, uh, a word that's polysemous has multiple related meanings. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Uh, there's been many times, I normally have atheist co-hosts right now, but Sid, as I told you, he's been really, really sick. So he hasn't been able to- bring a few new words here today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, Tolerian, uh, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, okay, it's not a denial. In your opinion, it's not a denial. Uh, oh, no, I'm not excluding it. That's why I pointed out it's polysemous. There are people who use it that way. And that I don't see that as invalid. Um, it's just not my preference. And um, those who hold the position, the belief position, there are no deities, um, as a consequence, automatically, they qualify for not believing in deities. Because that's yeah. just... Oh, it goes. Well, so, of course, I, they fit the classification. I at least appreciate and respect the fact that you said that people who don't believe in deities, because saying you have a lack of belief in something is the weirdest phrasing, and no one in any other context would use that kind of speech. So, I at least appreciate the directness uh, of that. The word um, lack does carry some implications sometimes. Uh, the, the biggest implication that I encounter is that lack implies that there's something normal that's missing. And that, that's why I steer away from the word lack, because there are some people who see it that way. Uh, not everybody, but some. Yeah, that's actually not even close to my objection. <clears throat> that's not close to my objection. It's because no one in any other circumstance, uh, like let's say if I said, do you believe in magical flying uh, unicorns or whatever? And I said... Uh, I would just tell you, I do not believe that those things exist. Now, could I be wrong? I mean, I would have to be an agnostic, a unicornist, uh, if I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't believe that to be the case, but I wouldn't say I lack a belief in that. So, because, like, agnosticism, 
agnosticism is an epistemological question. It's about knowing or knowledge right. or not knowing, yeah. not having knowledge. Right. Whereas exactly. atheism is about not believing. So there's there's a fine. Okay. Difference. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So atheism. I, I'm I'm glad you said. I, I've never actually heard anyone say that specifically. So um, theism is a belief in one or more deities. You've got monotheism is belief in right. just one, and polytheism believe in multiple. Uh, and then atheism, the A meaning absence or non, or non or A prefix are both the same. They're synonymous. So non-belief or, or non-theism or atheism are exactly the same thing. Then you have uh, in a separate column, you have um, agnosticism. Um, it comes from the root word gnosticism, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, gnostic, right. which means having knowledge of the mystical. It's typically used in the context of deities, though. So right. When people say they're agnostic, they're normally just talking about not knowing whether deities exist, or right. Or and so that's why much to prove it. That's why I would say, as far as unicorns, I would not say that they don't exist. I would say, I'm. You don't agnost believe. I I don't believe. Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't, but I wouldn't. I mean, I would never. Maybe on the other you side. Know, oh, of course believe. you don't. Like Nobody knows. Don't, I don't believe. Nobody would know that. But um, okay, so here's another question I have for you. Can you tell me a little bit about your um, Canadian atheist and sure. what exactly uh, that is? The Canadian Atheists is a, a, a nationwide organization that advocates for atheism in uh, Canadian culture, uh, Canadian society. We are uh, pushing back against uh, attempts to vilify or stigmatize atheism. And we are uh, also advocating for freedom of thought, freedom of opinion, and uh, freedom of association and whatnot. So um, we're not, we're trying to use a non-confrontational approach in um, any kind of response to, to things uh, that look like they will be uh, creating problems or be discriminating against people for not believing in any deities. In Canada, it's not a big problem compared to some other countries, um, but uh, where there is more discrimination, probably one of the most offensive uh, ones is uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, who yeah. a number of years ago, uh, the Richard uh, Dawkins Foundation uh, reported that the Saudi Arabia had instituted a law that automatically classifies anybody who doesn't believe in Allah as a terrorist, specifically anyone wow. who doesn't believe in any deities. Yeah. So um, people I know who moved away from Saudi Arabia uh, have told me that wow. the punishment there for being an atheist is, if you're caught, is that you will uh, be imprisoned, you will receive a thousand lashes, wow. and then you will be painfully killed. So they, and it's all public display, um, but uh, the way the lashes work is very similar to the Singapore caning. Um, usually people, it's so painful that um, one, pass out. Yeah. one hit makes them pass out. And in Singapore, they have doctor supervision. Uh, there's occasionally people who can take a second hit before they pass out, but most of the time it's, it's just incredibly painful. So it's just the way it is. And Saudi Arabia is apparently doing the same thing. This is all human rights violation, in my opinion. Oh, of course, that goes without saying. But do you remember maybe like 20 or so years ago, there was an American who got uh, detained in Singapore for stealing some signs and they came, they came to him? Oh, there was a kid, uh, a teenager. 
Yes. Bill Clinton tried to get him off. And what he described was that <laughs> it wasn't just some dude standing there with like a like a like a bamboo cane, like just like hitting you. He said this guy got like a running start on him. And he said he was actually dressed like in like a like a pamper kind of they like cover everything to protect the genitalia and then the, the buttocks cheeks are exposed and uh, that's where they hit. That's my understanding. Yeah, so I, I'm actually talking. Okay, maybe I might have gotten it wrong. I thought he said that the 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 guy who hit him was dressed like that, kind of like I don't know if it's kung fu, or whatever. It's like in addition to just getting caned, you got some like kung fu masters doing this to you. But anyway, yeah, that's what he said. He said the pain was so intense he passed out after the first one, the first hit. So um, it's, oh, a that's based, horrible. it's a punishment based. It's a punishment based system here in Canada. That would be a violation of our constitutional charter rights and. Right. Uh, because it would be, it would qualify as cruel and unusual punishment. So, yeah, that to me, it should be illegal everywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. Um, but to me, yeah, it's not like I'm totally against corporal punishment uh, in one sense. But to me, for um, punishing someone for disbelief, like you cannot believe in something unless you're actually convinced of it okay so i've been convinced of god i would even say i believe in god i know that he exists i, I i've experienced him the same way uh, i've experienced other things in my life so to me okay. you couldn't unconvince me of that there's there's no level of reasoning that you could give me that would unconvince me of that okay so if well, i wanted to then i've got some good news for you What's i'm that? not here to try to unconvince sure. people and, right. and canadian atheist is not trying to deconvert people good Okay, yeah, there's actually something else I wanted to ask you, but I'm glad that you gave me kind of like what you're, what you're trying to do with this, the freedom of thought and the, the yeah. lack of destigmatizing. De That's actually something we're doing with the channel because I normally have atheist co-hosts, and one of the things that we're trying to do is humanize Christians to atheists, but also um, the other way around because Good. there's just some pretty bad stereotypes about atheists, and um, I don't agree with there's like this idea that well if you're an atheist you just automatically you're going to be like a nihilist or um against some not necessarily yeah well i'm just saying I, as a christian i'm telling you as a christian what what christians believe no i'm and agreeing so with you but you're right yeah. these stereotypes do float around and yeah and they're very often wrong but the point is is that i wouldn't like i wouldn't darth talking to you because <laughs> you are going to like even i put like an electro like like like, let's just take my favorite book of all time, which is 1984, when he's trying to be convinced um, that George four Orwell. plus four equals five, he just physically can't do it. And there's actually a point in there where he kind of like hallucinates and he does see it just for like a second. But that they're trying to project this belief onto him. So, so for me, if I'm trying to beat you to death with whatever I believe, it's like, that's that to me, I'm going to do more damage in the long run, um, because if I'm trying to force that down your throat, the same way my parents try to force religion down on me, it just naturally repels you. So the only thing I can do as a believer is to be uh, compassionate towards you, loving, kind, and just telling you about the difference that God has made in my life. That's all I can do. Like, I can't win a debate. And I can be like, oh, God, yeah, you're totally right. The presupposition <laughs> argument totally makes sense. Sign me up. Like, that's just not going to happen. That scenario is not going to happen. So, so then I wonder, like, okay, people like Dark, what, what is your actual intent? And actually, just so you know, about two hours ago, um, 
I'm not sure. Did you see what happened? Uh, I've been away from the computer, so I'm really glad seen... that we're connecting right now because he just what happened. Well, he just kind of like exposed me as like being like a prolonged like troll because I've been kind of like pretending to be like a um, a fanboy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, is like okay, I did. I believe you are 100% wrong. Um, in your beliefs, uh, Randolph. I'll just be completely honest in that. And uh, that's my opinion. Um, but the thing is, as I've said, like treating you with disrespect is just going to make you go even further. It's going to make you, like if I block you, why would I want to mute someone like you? Like I want to have conversations with people like you. I want to have conversations with transgender people, with LGBT. I don't want to attack them. I don't want to assault them. Um, so, so I've confronted him on this multiple times and it kind of just came to a head point today where he blocked me, but um, hmm. it, it came on Tom Rabbit's channel. You know Tom Rabbit? Hey, yeah, I like Tom actually, he's been I, on. I like him. I've spoken with him a few times. He, he seems very pleasant. Yeah, yeah but, but I've, I've went on there. Uh, Darth was calling a trans transgender person a, a tranny and refusing to talk to them. And I said, Darth, like, like, first of all, this, that's a derogatory word that they consider, okay? But second of all, um, if you believe they have all of these mental ailments and something wrong with them, that's all the more reason why you need to be talking with them and treating them with compassion and care. So I don't see, like, if you're just trying to do that and you're using these presuppositionalist arguments, it doesn't seem like you really care one way or the other. Like, you are just doing it for yourself, you know, in my opinion. And it's not to try to actually woo anybody from um, atheism, but that's my own personal opinion. Uh, so I do, okay, okay. So the way you've described Canadian uh, atheism is quite a bit different from some of the other um, atheist groups I've heard of. So again, because I was telling you, if you're gonna be an atheist, be a Canadian atheist, but do you feel like you? I, I, I legitimately mean that. We, we I, have members from around the world, actually. We're not exclusively just Canadians. And, and okay. there are some religious people who've joined our organization, too, because they, they appreciate our non confrontational approach. And I have a suspicion the conversation with them, if I was to have it, would have a lot of similarity to our conversation now. Sure. That's making sure. me feel good. Yeah. Well, thank well, you. I'm definitely down for your guys' uh, cause. <laughs> I. Think if we're, look if we're going to work for a better future uh, for yeah. our kids, um, we got to do something about the way we speak to each other. Because what happened in America right before Trump, during Trump, up until the inauguration, um, I called that like years ago. I said we cannot continue to keep debasing and dehumanizing each other and be showing this level of disrespect, and not think it's not going to have some real world consequences. So yeah. I'm kind of someone who gets it from both sides because as a Christian who's like compassionate towards the LGBT community, they get upset with me because I'm not like 100% 100 affirming. I, they, they would call me like a 75% ally. And then the Christians, they are totally disgusted by my position as well. So it's like, I'm kind of just in between the road. I'm like, guys, we just need to sit down and talk about some things. And um, even if we agree to disagree, like have respect for each other. So, um, what are yeah, there are LGBT there are LGBTQ plus churches here in Canada really and yeah in in the Vancouver area uh, after the during the pride parades I've seen a few uh, of these church groups 
where the pastor is wearing their long cloak. It's, you know, like what the Pope wears. What's that dress? Not a dress, but what it's called, but the robe. Yeah, they have the robe. And down the front, there's a a, a bunch of stripes to make up a rainbow. And then the rest of it's white all the way around. Actually, looked very colorful, looked uh, quite pretty, the the getup. I thought, wow, these people are really into it. That's a bit too extreme for me, but uh, I will say when I was in Bible college, I did have a gay rights flag on my... uh, in my college dorm and I went to school in Missouri which is not a at all liberal place come from California so it freaked people out in that college campus and uh, the gay students there they naturally gravitated towards me and um, they of course had to be totally in fear in the closet and a lot of these guys I know now are like living a full full out homosexual uh, lifestyle uh, and marriages and so on and, and my own my own opinion is that if they would have came out um, and and just been like, this is what I'm struggling with, you know, um, it they wouldn't have gone through the turmoil that they went through at that school. I mean, one of the guys tried to commit suicide uh, there, just being unable to accept himself. And afterwards, the school just like kicked him out. And um, it was like, man, this is this this just seems would have been the right place around a bunch of Christians that we could uh, say, look, we understand where you're at. And um, we're going to meet you where you're at, rather than trying to attack you. And that's just where I'm at with the way I that I believe. This this is one of the problems with stigmatization. When, mm-hmm. when there's a stigma against it, uh, then the the lack of support in society becomes a problem. So people feel a lot of pressure, and they have to keep it inside, and they they mm-hmm. don't feel safe uh, talking right. about it with others. Right. And it's it's the opposite of being therapeutic. Mm. It's, it's extremely destructive to societies. It's how you destroy a society from uh, within is by supporting bigotry. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and I would say we're, we're definitely allies in that sense. Um, I do not agree with uh, Islam, but um, I we did a podcast with a, mu- a Jew and a Muslim. On I call it a mu, uh, a Jew and a Muslim. And we had a very respectful conversation. And I've actually went into Palestine and stayed at a mosque for like a week. Um, these people are the nicest, most gentle, accommodating people I've ever met in my life. And I say that with a total straight face as a Christian. So much, I got so much better treatment with Muslims than I did uh, amongst Christians in, in college and um, growing up inside of a church. So, um, my experience with people, whether atheist or theist, of any religion, uh, it's the vast majority of people are nice. It's it's easy to find nice people. So you can go to a mosque, you can go to a temple, you can go to a synagogue, you can go to church, or you can go to uh, a science fair, or you can go to uh, anything, any kind of event or mm-hmm. a regular gathering of people. And I think you'll likely find in almost every case that the majority of people there are nice people with mm-hmm. good intentions. And we're just naturally social as uh, as human beings. So mm-hmm. this comes out in whatever context we're in. So I'm not at all surprised that you met lots of nice people um, in, in mosques and elsewhere. So again, I would just, we'll get back to this point. I want to, because this is a big part of what I do here. But I just want to emphasize, we're all being flooded into the universe. Um, the mysteries <laughs> abound us. On our best days, we know 1% of what there is to know in the universe. And there's... (laughs) What? We know that much? 1%? Uh, Wow. You are more optimistic than me, my friend. (laughs) I said on our our best days. Um, (laughs) 
the collectively, if we put all of our knowledge together, would still only equal maybe half of the knowledge that's out there. We put together all of humanity's knowledge because there's so much about the past um, that we just wouldn't know. Uh, we can put together, try to put together some things with history, but there's some stuff that's huge mysteries. And also there's, there's the quantum level. Um, there's some really big mysteries out there. You know, there's uh, as far as cosmology, maybe questions we might not ever know to be honest and so just as as we're here i just say let's try to help each other along the way and maybe in five years i might be in a totally different place and i might need you to talk to me or share one thing that, that i can learn from you always open. just contact me it's no problem sure um there is a huge population um i don't know maybe not huge maybe i shouldn't even say that but there, there's a significant population of the atheist community that feels a need to um belittle and attack uh, religious people, in your opinion? I find that there is, on certain social networks, there's a lot more of that, depending which circles of people you're connected with, if you're hanging out with. Um, on Twitter, I do find that there's a bit of that, quite a bit of that going on. It's not uncommon. Uh, and when I stand back and look at it from a distance, I see that uh, the, the same kind of toxicity is being dished out by religious people as well. So it's I think it's more, sorry? It's reactionary? In many cases it is. There's some out there who are just looking for a fight. They go and make postings that uh, say a particular group is really bad. Um, there was uh, there were some polytheists a few years ago who, or, or a year or so ago who posted, uh, well, this one person posted that uh, atheism is inherently racist. And what? so I- yeah, so I, I pushed back on that in the gentle way that I normally do. And then yeah. a number of polytheists started joining, chiming in and uh, attacking me. And by the end of it, they're making all kinds of crazy accusations about me and telling me that uh, I'm a, a white racist colonialist, wow. which, which is in itself a racist statement. Um, That's so, ironic. Yeah, it's, it's rather contradictory, their effort, I find. Uh, one of them finally told me to eat feces, so I ended up just blocking a lot of them because, you know, with people like this, uh, there's certainly sometimes you just can't get anywhere with some of yeah. them. Uh, I don't like blocking people. I currently have, I think, about seven or eight people blocked on Twitter, and that's it. Um, I know a lot of people who block a lot more. I'm quite forgiving. You have to reach pretty high, uh, a high level of toxicity before I'm going to block you. Yeah, I've actually interviewed another guy by the name of Captain Dadpool. Are you familiar with him? He's, he's a on... really nice guy. Please say hi to him for me. He's on Oz's network, and he yeah. uh, he told me that he he gets more hate from his fellow atheists than he does from Christians because they feel like mm -hmm. if he is an atheist, he should have X, Y, and Z positions. And so if you present something that's different, uh, so for example, with a Darth Doc, not. Richard Dawkins, I'm sorry, where he gets his name stake. Dark. Richard Dawkins and T, T, T Trump uh, recently made some. T I don't jump? know. If he, yeah, T Trump. Oh, Tom uh, Jump. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tom Jump. Uh, he made some, or had some debates where expressing, um, you know, a difference of opinion as far as the trans um, issue. And there's just this, this immediate jump. There's an immediate jump, pardon the pun, to go right into that you're, you're transphobic or you're, you have hateful language when 
you're just expressing something that uh, is a bit of a concern for you, you know, as a, as a, as a father, um, some of these things cause me some, uh, as father of a daughter, some of these things are a little bit uncomfortable. And so, but if we can't have the conversations and we're just going to gaslight each other, um, I don't see how we're going to move forward as a species. Um, yeah. The idea of expectations that people will conform to certain standards to be an atheist is something that I'm opposed to as well. Mm. And um, it, it's, it's sad when there's people come along and say, you must do this, you must do that. Uh, this I encounter, the most common form of this that I encounter, be different than Captain Dadpool that you're talking to, mm -hmm. um, is that they're expecting that I hold some kind of position that deities don't exist. I don't. I, uh, they also expect that I can answer science questions about uh, the Big Bang and evolution, and then they'll conflate abiogenesis with evolution, and they'll say, well, if evolution is true, then you need to prove that this is how life started. And it's, it's faulty because abiogenesis is about that, what I call the spark of life. And evolution is how things change in life, mm -hmm. uh, how life changes. And uh, evolution, uh, when things evolve, that doesn't necessarily mean that the change is progressive. It can actually uh, be in the opposite direction and be worse for the species as well. Yeah. So, and these, but it's, it's funny, there's these expectations come up and, and this is some of the, uh, it, it lends into um, the, the vilification or the stigmatization mm. and uh, that, that's part of what I push back against. And so I, I've been pretty clear about that. I'll, I'll usually address those things uh, as immediately as I can when they come up. So we've been pretty cordial uh, up to this point and I uh, would like this last section maybe get a little so bit is, more. Is this where you're going to cut in some lightning and thunder and storm and <laughs> rain and all this stuff now? And then, yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> no, I just, I, I really I, hope you do. <laughs> um, recently, recently I had a conversation with a Catholic traditionalist. Uh, you familiar with him? And um, the name sounds familiar. Um, I anyway, he I'm came on my channel and that's just something that I'm just not going to air because He's just hogging the mic, uh, being just argumentative, and um, I'm thinking of somebody else. Then, okay. No, this guy's pretty obnoxious, and and then another time. Um, are you familiar with someone by the name of Black Atheist Rant? Yes. He's extremely. I, toxic. I, I met him recently. Mm -hmm. In person? No, or no, online? just oh. on, just online well, in a few channels. Just ex some extremely, extremely vile um, stuff uh, they've said about me and about Jesus, and it's like. I just, I'm like, I'm not going to air that on my channel. I don't care if I could get a million clicks out of something like that. Um, that just goes against the principles that I'm trying to, um, you know, one of those was by a fallow believer. Um, who well, I, wasn't, very, I wasn't present for that. So I'll, I'll just have to take your word for it. Well, uh, well. It's, and that's fine. It's your channel. So you, your, you got to decide what you air. And, yeah, he's and very. You have full right to do that. Well, he's a Catholic and he's very open about the fact that people like me um, are going to hell. So it, um, I'm like, damn, I know what it's like to be an atheist now, to have people so telling you that. Apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hell too. So I'm okay. glad to hear that I'll be able to well, see you there. <laughs> well, <laughs> good company. <laughs> All right, there you go. So just in the last part here, I do want to ask you something because okay, maybe it's a little bit, a little bit more contentious, but you had mentioned, um, you had mentioned uh, not wanting to do away with religion. And if I was atheist, uh, if I were still, 
like going after people's beliefs like that, um, something that's helped, especially something that's helping them, it's not something I would want to do in the first place. But if I had a product that I'm saying, here's a product, this product is going to eliminate your, um, the ethics that you were raised with, one, it's going to take away um, your ability to believe that you might be reunited with the lost one, loved one, or that maybe there is something better than what you're going through right now. Like just this belief that I could endure what I'm going through right now. Like I wouldn't want to be selling that product. Like I'd be, I took away that product underneath the mattress. So, and this is, I'm, this is not, um, I'm just, I'm expressing this from my, the way I see it. So it doesn't seem like if I were an atheist, that wouldn't be something I would want to be bragging um, about, like not believing in something. So it seems like I have a hard time. I mean, I, I'm, I wrote down what you, what you had for your idea of, of, of the freedom of thought and uh, mm -hmm. discrimination. I, I'm, we're totally on board in that. But I'm really glad that you're saying you're not trying to take away from people's um, faith. So that's very respectful. People, but, I believe every person is entitled to a basic modicum of respect until they demonstrate otherwise. And even then I'll still err on the side of being respectful because I think uh, it gets things a lot further. Like I was just um, uh, reading recently that SWAT teams in the US have been uh, in recent years revising their approach. Instead of going in with guns blazing, uh, they're now going in uh, trying to call the person out and because uh, they're finding that this new approach results in less people dying. And so this is this is good. And this is this is progress, and, and this is uh, this is an extreme example. But yeah, we need to do this kind of thing. now. As far as the product is concerned, I think if the product is available to people who want to take it, mm -hmm. um, why not? But it, it should be something that people willingly choose, and sure. absolutely need to know for certain that that's what they are choosing to do. Um, I have. Um, uh, but I, I do appreciate your sentiments of not wanting to put that out there because you don't want to unduly influence people's thinking. Right. I guess is probably the way to phrase it. Would you agree with all this? Well, we surprisingly meet at a lot of common middle ground there because as much as I am down for your, your freedom of thought and we're totally on board with any kind of discrimination any, and anything that actually involves the state getting involved, you and I are dead set on board, okay? We're 100% allies in that sense. There's, and I can, I can give you one example that some people call discrimination that is actually justified. Oh, good. And if, uh, yeah, so if you are casting for people to play certain characters in a film or a play or a movie, you need people or a radio show. You need you need specific characters to have a certain kind of look, a certain height a certain skin color or certain hair color or things like that, um, you can you can say, okay, we're looking for someone to fill this kind of role and you need to have these requirements. That would be something that would not, in my view, be unreasonable. Sure. But aside from that, yeah, the other kind of discrimination, when the discrimination isn't applicable to the context. So you're hiring a cashier for working at a gas station. All those other criteria don't matter. As long as they're right. capable of doing the job, that's what's important. The qualifications need to be reasonable. You don't want so, me working at Hooters, right? I Hooters? would not have an interest in going to a Hooters restaurant. Oh, you know what that um, is. Unless, uh, unless Hooters opened up a male 
post version uh, for <laughs> people who are interested in that. Actually, okay, okay. There might be a market for that here in BC, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly, I've only been there once, and I will say uh, the food is actually pretty dang good, man. So if you take the women out of the equation for a second, which I really don't know how you could, but just take that out of the equation. Um, it's actually pretty good food, man. I've only been there once, as I said, uh, but I got I got a coupon there and um, some really good food. But anyway, uh, I digress. I've I've never been to, I've okay. I've never been to Hooters or, or those kinds of restaurants. Right. Yeah. So 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 let me get. But I've uh, heard about them. Yeah. So I'll have to come back to this point right here um, because maybe we'll just end off on here and just saying. We're never going to solve like we're never going to solve these issues um, in one podcast. You know, just for me, these are moving along the conversations. If I'm muting you, if I'm over speaking to you, uh, this is why we put so much emphasis on not interrupting. Because when you interrupt, what that says is that what the person's saying is not that as important as what you have to say, and so it 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 doesn't go it doesn't go a long way as far as building rapport, in my opinion. So. I say, let's let the person finish and then come right in after if you want to contradict that. Or really just take a second to try to like, hmm, I need to process that because what happens in debates is that there isn't even trying to figure out if what this person is actually saying is valid. It's how can I refute that? And it's, it's like, if you're in a war, you want to win the war. You want to capture that flag. You want to outkill the other person. And um, that's how you win a war. So if I see a debate as a war and I'm not trying to actually learn, maybe you have points that I've never thought about before, which is what's totally happened during this podcast. People have said stuff that I would have never have thought about. And so for that, I really appreciate having different perspectives. Your thoughts on that? I found this to be a great conversation so far, and I still have more time if you wanted to talk a little bit more. I'm, I'm totally game for it. Let's start here. In your opinion, who do you think um, could or would be more racist, um, uh, an atheist or um, a believer? I don't have an answer that specifically puts either one of them out. There are, I know somebody who left a group a number of years ago that is a, uh, a white supremacist group mm -hmm. that has no religion, no belief in deities. They are completely atheistic. And I know uh, of religious people, there, there's groups like the KKK that, yeah. uh, that are Christian. So, you know, it boils down to the individual people and, and the groups of people who are involved in it, what their own things are. There's nothing in atheism that says that you should or should not be racist because there's, there's yeah. really literally nothing to it, uh, as well, I say. Yeah. But here's where I might disagree with you on that point, because... Well, some religions all, may be inherently racist. So in that case, uh, you okay. have a valid Touché. point. Well, okay. First of all, I agree with you there, one. Um, so first of all, it depends on the religion. If we want to talk very specifically about Christianity, at least there's a mandate. It's dictated to you to have the respect, to have... It, it says very specifically, in fact, that like there's no longer any Greek or woman or female or... Uh, male or, or Scythian or Gentile, like we're just one before God. So you don't really have that level of mandate um, inside of atheism, uh, as you said, one. But if you do believe in evolution, so you do believe we, 
we came about by evolutionary means, you can understand why someone um, like Hitler might say something like, just given where we are right now, the Aryan people are a higher evolved uh, species and, um, or like the Australians who said the same exact thing about um, the aboriginals or the colonist um, people like Belgium, like in Belgium, King Leopold mm -hmm. going to Congo and saying, these people are just a few steps up from monkeys. So we are clearly above them. So I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying I believe that atheists are more racist people because I don't believe it. From, from my experience with Christians, a lot of, I've met a lot of racist Christians. So that I'm not making that claim. I'm just saying if I, I look at- some racist atheists, we don't yeah, get along. <laughs> if, if I just look at it objectively, it seems like there's at least a foundation for non-racism. And then there's also a foundation of potential, I'm not saying that atheists are gonna be racist as a result of that, but if that's what you actually believe that we've evolved to here, I could totally understand the slippery slope you could get on um, to make that uh, that in game. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think uh, I disagree that uh, um, to to quite an extent, like the idea that uh, it's an idea that goes out there. there. There's some people promoting this idea that people are inherently racist. When you see children I play, agree. yeah. When you see children play. Um, racism doesn't factor into it. When I was a kid growing up, there were kids of different races, different skin colors, and mm -hmm. uh, there was none of this kind of racist attitude going on until, I guess, later on in elementary school, when the first kid I heard, probably grade three or four or something, this kid was saying that it, that kid is bad, and I said something really bad about him. I don't remember exactly what it was, and uh, uh, it was, I asked why and why you said that. And he said, oh, because his skin color is a certain mm -hmm. color. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so, well, he For says you. totally does. They're all like that, they all. And so um, before that, I was used to seeing Sesame Street uh, as a younger child um, where they showed people of different mm -hmm. ethnic backgrounds and skin colors all playing together and everybody's just normally having a good time they didn't even talk about racism on that show they just showed people together in a, a cosmopolitan kind of style and so I grew up uh, expecting that to be the norm and so I, I think that this is kind of an approach we should use in society but it's unfortunate people do when they get older sometimes do gather together and, and come up with some pretty strange ideas i don't think that religion can take all the credit for that i yeah. I, I think yeah. racism is a separate thing now when i look at christianity and i see uh, that there's some description of killing all the amalekites that that hits me as kind of is that a form of some kind of ethnic cleansing i don't know because i don't know enough about the amalekites but uh, there has to be ethnic cleansing okay so and that that kind of stuff i find is rather disturbing and i'm thinking right. if i agree with if you this is supposed to be um a, a god that cares and loves right, everyone right. cares about and loves everyone then right. why does he do things like that is the right, question right, that right. I, ask. I don't have an answer for it right, i just right. it's just a question that i yeah. ask so. no thank you thank you i really appreciate that those, those those kind of things definitely cause me sleepless nights i gotta say i'm really thankful for josh bowen though i just <laughs> told him this in their channel because he apparently says the israelites never committed any genocide so i'm like thank you bro that's a lot less thing i gotta wrap my mind around
So Dr. apparently, Josh says, Bowen, I have a lot of respect for too. He yeah. he's fantastic. He's a brilliant guy. Yeah, but I'm not sure if he realizes that he's intentionally made things easier for us, because now <laughs> there's like, <laughs> I'm like, man, that's that's probably the definition of irony. I'm not even write sure him a letter. Was... Maybe he'll include it in his next book. <laughs> yeah, you think he's doing the atheist guide to the Old Testament, but um, so I do. Right, okay, thanking him for that. Just <laughs> maybe ask him, tell him he's free to post it in his next book because so, sometimes the authors <laughs> include letters, right? So yeah, so <laughs> that's funny. I'm saying that a little bit tongue in cheek, but um, so we we probably have to agree to disagree on this point. But I do believe that everyone's racist. One, I'll be the first to admit I have racist um, inclinations inside of me. I mean, I would be a damn liar if I had to tell you that I instinctively, um, without any effort on my part, see all the races as equal. Like, I know it's not, I know it's not right to have racist inclinations, but um, those are things I struggle with, that I have to keep that in check. Like, I do not have a heart that is, can naturally just keep eye contact with women all of the time. Something I have to keep in check because my eyes will wonder. So um, I am, I'm very aware of these inclinations that I have, but as the father of a mixed kid, and I live in South Korea, so it's actually pretty hard for mixed kids here. Um, maybe it's probably more acceptable in Canada. You guys are more inclusive, but South Korea is a little bit, little bit more, quite a bit more uh, homogenous. So I don't want my daughter being treated like that. And so by virtue of having a mixed daughter, if nothing else, I want people to treat my daughter the way that I will treat everyone else, you know, and I don't always do that. And it's something I strive for uh, every day. And uh, something I'm trying to get better. Unfortunately, I don't think you'll get your wish because there are some really good people out there and some really bad people. Mm -hmm. So uh, what you best thing I would say as a parent to parent is prepare your child to understand that mm -hmm. in the world, there are some really nasty people out there who have some really bad intentions. Mm -hmm. Do it when it's age appropriate though. Mm -hmm. um just if they're too young it'll scare them you know but yeah. you know you know your kid best and you'll know when it's appropriate to start introducing them to that teach them a little bit of street smarts that's what i do and um you know you do the best that you can when and you're talking about everybody should be seen as equal i think what i i think that can get you into trouble and that that can be the part where it can become very stressful because people aren't equal they deserve, everybody deserves equal opportunity, mm -hmm. but some people are more capable in specific areas than the next person who has different sure. specific, uh, specific, uh, specializations. And so, um, as long as everybody's guaranteed equal opportunity, yeah. then that's fine, you know? And, um, so I think probably the best way to look at uh, skin color, ethnic backgrounds, things like that, is that these are incidental characteristics of a person. Mm -hmm. Unless they're applying for an acting role where it calls for a certain skin color, um, they are, it is an incidental characteristic. And if you see it yeah. as an incidental characteristic and you look at the whole world as equal opportunity, yeah. but you understand everybody's got different uh, skills and capabilities and abilities, yeah. Uh, it may make it a lot more flexible and easier right. to look at and take a lot of the stress off. Obviously, you don't want someone operating on you who doesn't have the, the proper degree or yeah. pride in your plane. So there's definitely this kind nuances. of discrimination makes sense. It's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely nuances uh, to say in that. Um, but I do want to ask you something because this recently happened this week. 
that a transgender uh, uh, female, do I see that right? Transgender female. Um, trans male, trans female. No, no, no. Trans so, man, trans woman. Yeah. It's yeah, what they transitioned This actually can to. get a little bit. Okay, it's what they transitioned. Okay. So a trans female uh, recently uh, got into an MMA fight. And I will say this just, just to shut off the top. I actually really love MMA, but it's probably not good for society to have two people trying to like beat each other to death. So I think that would be something, this is a little caveat there. I mean, I love MMA, but I, I kind of look at this stuff and I'm like, uh, So the people not... going into it, the people who are going into it are doing it by choice. Sure, sure. And sure. I think it's reasonable to assume that at that level, they understand with all the training they've had over the years, they understand that they can get seriously injured in that. Yeah. That's actually and not even... be fatal, with the potential of it being fatal. And right, I right. think that it's reasonable to assume that they all understand that, the ones who are getting into that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as a spectator, like that it's not good to see people engaging in that level of violence. Um, if I'm being objective with this, like I think in like probably like maybe 50 years or 100 years, if we get to the point, maybe one point where we stop eating meat uh, as a species, that would be something like you look and you say like, this is like something like a gladiators from like Rome where you see people beating the living hell out of each other. Anyway, that's just a little caveat. I don't want to get caught up on that point. Well, I the do point think that there's, there is... Um... There are people who want to see that sort of thing, and it's unfortunate. Sure. I mean, I want to see it. I mean, I want to see I, it, but... I've seen extreme violence when I was a child, like extreme that was fatal. And really? Yeah, and it's... Uh, I do agree that um, I think that children shouldn't be exposed to it because yeah. it can really create a lot of um, a lot of issues for them in their life when they're growing up. It can interfere with their, uh, the, their natural development throughout their yeah. childhood. Uh, intellectual development and mental development, psychological things. So maybe there's no correlation here, but in South Korea, they edit a lot of that freaking violence out of movies. And I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm actually a WWF or WWE wrestling fan. And one of my favorite things to do is when they take the chairs out and they do the headshots on people. But when they do that, you will not see that. They will go like this and then you'll just see the person um, on the floor. And if people start <laughs> bleeding, they'll actually go to black and white and i yeah so uh there's that and then so there's you, some censorship happening yeah there. yeah if you see someone get shot in the stomach for example and there's like some guts out and you watch it on tv you are going to see that totally blurred and you are going to see okay. if there's drugs being used they will edit it right out of the, the film. so i've so seen some movies they've got public television standards that the government is enforcing yeah um See, for me, what I, I think is okay is if you have like a PG or an X or an R rating on the movies uh, when you go to the video store or when you, you select the movie and then you know, okay, this is not appropriate for children. Right. Uh, children usually aren't too interested in a lot of that stuff anyway because okay. they're, they're more interested in other things. So those systems have actually worked quite well here because people, it's not censorship. What it's doing is it's making it as an informed, people can make a better informed choice about what they're renting, what video they're borrowing. The, the so point I'm trying to- has changed okay. this landscape quite a bit. Right. But the point I'm trying to say is that I think having access to people like me or you, um, ingesting that, digesting that, it's not good to have those kind of thoughts swirling around in the first place because it could potentially lead to other stuff. But I mean, we, we could agree to disagree on that point as well, but just the last point I want to ask you then, um, what are your That's thoughts? What are your thoughts on, um, on this transgender athlete, uh, being able to compete against a biological woman? 
um, if they are if they've successfully transitioned, I don't see what the problem is. Uh, but maybe there's something I don't understand or that I'm missing. But from uh, my understanding is that uh, people who have transitioned, um, say a, a trans woman, transitioned from a man to a woman, uh, they, my understanding is that a lot of them still haven't, it turned out, haven't had uh, an advantage and uh, were doing weren't winning all the races as some people were expecting them to. So I, I, I don't see what the issue is. Well, so th there's actually probably a totally different explanation for that, uh, because I do agree with you. And obviously there was a big deal about this Laurel Hubbard who competed in the, uh, the, the Tokyo Olympics. And one of the explanations you can think about, because man, if one thing... <laughs> humans are really bad at is making jumps that the, you just should not be making. And, um, and because I'm trying to understand what you're imagining and what you're remembering seeing. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So I, and I would recommend two books. If you have not read these books, this is like my Isaiah's epistemology. There's like five books in there. One is the invisible gorilla. Uh, one is Freakonomics. Uh, one is, uh, That's highly recommended by a lot Outliers. Of you ever read Outliers? No. Okay. And you haven't read The Invisible Gorilla? No. So many books we'll never get to read, right? I'll, I'll send you a digital copy of that one. But um, so what Freakonomics does and what, um, what Outliers does, it says, look, we make connections that, okay, maybe they're accurate, but they're not accurate for any reason why you might think so, okay? So here's an example. Are Asian people good at math? Yeah, they're good at math. Does it have a damn thing to do with any kind of intelligence? Has nothing to do with that. They're stereotype, by the way, that's wrong. But okay, no, no, on. it's it's it's. I mean, Asian people. Uh, you could you could go by uh, scores that they just have. They are better in this specific realm of um, of, of education. Okay, There's so a cultural what, influence there. That's right, the okay, okay. It's not because of race. I know that's that's the point I'm okay. trying to. That's the point I'm trying to say to you though. Is because okay. he actually gets into um, the, the the specific places like China, Japan, and Korea, which all have very high like people don't normally make that association like about Cambodian Asians, right, or Thai Asians. It's normally these three countries, and mm -hmm. he shows in their 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 counting system. And this is totally true. Like in Korean, if you could count to ten, you could count to um, you could count to one hundred. Okay, because they're, they're, the way that they write and say their, their, their language uh, with, the, with the numbers is so much easier than in America, okay? So, you mean 99 or 100? What? You mean 99 or 100? Because uh, in Chinese, 100, 100 is actually a different word. Uh, you could go to 99 if you can understand yeah. the numbers up to 10. So, okay, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, I'm but, guessing Korean is probably the same as Chinese. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, they say like 2102. Okay. So that's why you could say, well, you could do that in, Chinese in English. No, because yeah. you have the teens, you have 20s, and you have like yeah. 80, or um, it doesn't exactly translate the same like 50. French is more complicated. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> the point is, is that there's, there is, there is, um, there's explanations, Freakonomics does this very well, that are probably maybe totally different than what you might actually think. 
So you're totally right. We have not seen uh, transgender women come in and dominate um, the sports. Part of that is because there's still a lot of stigma behind it. So once you remove the stigma and more people are transitioning, that's not even questionable whether or not, uh, if you look at these MMA fights, there's no way, if you look at Fallon Fox, um, there's no way a woman, actually she did get beat once. She, yeah, she actually, so, but you take a, <laughs> you, the, the, point is that, the, the point is <laughs> they, they can inflict some serious, serious damage um, onto women. So th that's kind of like the bigger point is that um, if let's say in 50 years, um, more people are allowed to transition. I mean, that's my fear is that you're going to have a team with 80% uh, transgender people and 20% uh, biological. And it's not that I want to discriminate, but it's like one solution I heard that maybe if they compete in the Olympics, that they are, they'll still get some kind of medals or whatever, but they might have like a, just a separate classification for like the biological woman can still get gold, uh, silver or metal, gold, bronze or silver. So that way both sides are being accommodated because I think both sides just want everything their way. And this is like, I'm kind of a middle of the road kind of guy. So it's like, okay, like I understand you'll want to be discriminated against, but in my opinion, if you were to put a biological woman against, um, say my daughter got into a boxing match, um, I would not want her to compete against a, a biological male who has transitioned because I fear for my daughter's safety. And so it really comes down to that. It has nothing to do with wanting then to- you don't understand how the transitioning part works. And I think you need to research it more. Well, I've, I've done a bit of research uh, myself, but I, I'm saying I don't want that. Um, if you want your daughter to compete, then that we'll just have to shake hands and agree to disagree on that point. Mm. But I'm saying, I just would like to see um, safe, safe neutral spots. Like for example, in South Korea, um, the beginning of most bathrooms, they have like a unisex stalls, which are primarily used for uh, disabled people. But that would be something that maybe if we had like a, neutral transgender um not even transgender but just neutral stalls where people could use that way no one's being um no one's being put into situations that's going to make them uncomfortable trying to divide people who've transitioned is only uh, uh denying that they are that they've transitioned and I, I think that's unfair it's unfortunate that 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 people still want to do that that makes me feel sad because um you're it's it's a kind of like a refusal to acknowledge and accept them for who they are and uh, who they are making, who they've made an effort to live honestly is who they feel they really are. So yeah, I know some people who would probably be happy to talk with you about these things. If, if yeah. you want to do at some point, I happy to introduce you uh, because I think uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that, uh, need to be cleared up i agree with you and as i said i've had lots of talks with um someone from the lgbt uh community who's introduced me to lots of thoughts that i've never you know but i, I think most christians aren't willing to take the time to sit down and have the conversations long conversations with people like that and so one of the things that he's done which has been really good is kind of understand first of all just a level of ignorance on my part because Seven years ago, when I moved back to America, 
I heard a Christian comedian make this joke. Like he said, he said he saw like a guy riding around a woman's bike. And he's like, he goes, you know, whenever I was growing up, we had boys bikes and we had women's bikes. And then he's like, well, when I was growing up, we had boys and we had women's and like everyone started laughing. And I was like, I literally did not even get the joke because it's like not an issue here in South Korea. And if it is, it's a very small amount of minority. And so you just don't see a lot of it in the mainstream. So, I mean, seven years ago, I was totally ignorant because I had lived so long in, in, in Asia. So yeah, these, these were common in the 1970s and 80s, these bicycles. The, the boys' bikes had the frame that went right from the seat to the handlebars, straight um, horizontal across. But the women's bikes, they would dip down. And so that way it would accommodate women wearing dresses oh. on the bicycle. So uh, things have changed now. Oh, I get that. Now this, they started designing the frames differently. And I think this whole notion of girls and boys frames has completely gone out the window, yeah, which I, I have no problem with. <laughs> but the point, is, the point is though with that is um, one, I'm totally against trying to use comedy or stereotypes at people's expense like that, especially a protected class who's, who's very much so already in a, in a vulnerable position. Okay, so just start there they have very high suicide rates. So for that sense, we have to have utmost care and respect with dealing with these people because they're suffering from um, dysmorphia and they're suffering from depression and anxiety about going out in public to being who they are. And, um, and I've got that because I've experienced that myself. So if you've experienced something like that, you're much more likely to be a uh, compassionate, empathetic towards people like that uh, in the first place. But um, so yeah, so I'm against that. But just, there was just a huge level of ignorance on my part. So um, again, having these conversations and, and not feeling the need to get labeled as a transphobe or as a... As, as no, a, I don't think you are. I, I just think that uh, uh, there's, there's more to learn. And I uh, have total respect for you for saying that, uh, considering the possibility of, uh, of, uh, of a lack of some knowledge there. So, as you called ignorance, and uh, sure. so I'm trying to phrase it as nicely as I can here. Well, we're all uh, ignorant. Yeah, and I think that um, this is important that there's always uh, more to learn, and uh, it, it, it's that's one of the wonderful things about life. And, and the fact that you're open to that is such an important thing. It's a high quality characteristic. Yes. Well, I've I've been wrong more times than I've been right. Um, and if I, mean, I were to take, if I were to take a look at the Bible. My, this, I'm using my Bible as a as a mouse pad thing. It's probably a little bit sacrilegious, but um, at least I'm not propping up. No, you're making people. it more useful. This is better than collecting dust, man. So, <laughs> oh man, uh, but but if I were to tell you that I understood 50 percent in here, or that um, I don't have any positions that are wrong, I, I would I would bet money. I would bet like a limb that the official positions that are like in here. I probably butcher at least half of them because I, I don't understand lots of things. Some of it just doesn't make sense. Some of it just seems impossible. And some of it's because I just don't understand Greek or Hebrew or the context that was written two or 3,000 years ago. So there's no way I'm going to be as an American uh, with access to the internet. I'm going to be able to understand what these people were thinking, you know, 4,000 years ago that they've been translated numerous times and you know I, i'm just if you don't mind me asking i'm curious which translation uh, are you uh, are you relying I'm a, on niv only guy okay new international version 
Yeah, that one's pretty popular. I, I know quite a few Christians who like that one. Uh, why do you think that one is better than the others? Or do you have an opinion on that? I, I know in one sense it's not better, but um, because from what I've heard, it's one of a... Okay, why do you prefer it? <laughs> it's, it's one of the more inaccurate versions, but uh, because it talks the way that I would actually explain to someone, okay? So I live in South Korea where I'm speaking to people who have ESL, English as their second language. And so if I come out with some fancy, um, you know, King's James version, it's like, I don't freaking understand that stuff. So I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? So how is some person here who's, you know, use English as a second language, how are they going to get that? So, um, but again, I'm, I'm trying to try to meet people where they are. When I, when I preach, when I, um, when I talk You've got to a practical people, justification. Yeah. When I talk to people, when I write, I write at an eighth grade level and I could write at a much higher level, but when I have conversations with you, I'm not trying to, um, ask you questions to like corner you or to, no, uh, I know. Uh, because some atheists, I, I've been on some atheists, you know, where they're trying to do that to me, or they're asking loaded or dishonest questions. And so one of the things we do here is we provide the questions in advance. So this is last notice, but this is what I normally do is I provide the questions so that you know that I'm not coming out of left field. You know that I'm not trying to get you gotcha questions because yeah. that is, that's a dishonest way of uh, having a conversation. So I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in you could say something right now that could totally change my perspective, which has have has hap, has has happened during these conversations, where atheists are able to sit down and not assume the worst about me. You know, not assume that I am like the Darth Sockings of the world, or not assuming that uh, I'm here to hurt anyone. You know, I'm not here to hurt anyone. Um, my faith um, has helped me, and I want to share that with people. So. One of the attitudes I do encounter quite a bit is that among Christians and, and Muslims are the same when it comes to Allah is to uh, basically it, it's like worship, follow the deity, follow the God. God is your leader. You, you need to emulate what they do and all this. And they see God as an important leader kind of figure as well as a father figure and whatnot. Sure. Uh, or do you share those views or do you have a different take on that? I probably have some very significant different ideas than most Christians because in my, the way that I see it is that, yes, God is my father. And so as a father, it's incumbent upon you to reveal yourself to your children. So for example, if my daughter thought that she were her father, uh, you and I would have some serious problems, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't get angry at you or, or my daughter, I would say, like, I've failed somehow as a father. And I try yeah. to help her to understand that you're a father. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because I, I feel it's incumbent upon me to reveal myself to my daughter. And, and I saw a very interesting post today. Um, I don't really like a lot of the atheist posts that are very disrespectful, but it said, if hell is real, it's a reminder that God has failed a lot of people. So to me, that's the way I see it. And, and I don't know. Physicists want to incorporate some multiverses or string theories to try to account for some stuff that they can't. And I'm just kind of like, well, maybe I, as a Christian, I can do that as well. Like maybe, maybe we are in some multiverse and maybe we are God's revealing himself into different ways to different people. And, um, but to me, if you are a God, there should not be 4,000 other gods. Um, there should be 
one God and you have, you've revealed yourself. So if you've, if you've created Satan and you've allowed him to uh, deceive people and to trick people, then the onus is on you in the situation. So that's like the way I see it. And I do believe that God is, God is working that out um, in a way that's probably a thousand times more complex. That'd be like explaining calculus to ants. So I don't try to understand everything about God. I don't try to understand where God came from. I don't try to understand uh, 100% of everything. You're just trusting that God has your best interests at heart. Kind there of. you go. Yeah. And I, I again, if you don't have faith. I don't faith, agree with that view, but uh, it's interesting. And I can talk about that if you like. So. You say you don't agree with that view that we said? Yeah, I, I don't agree with the idea that uh, uh, God or any kind of leader uh, should be trusted to have each person's best interests at heart. Um, I, I encourage people to be their own leader uh, instead of looking up to a leader and uh, relying on a leader to do things for them. It's, uh, it's an important thing, I think, because very often people will put their trust in uh, somebody in a position of authority or, mm -hmm. or somebody who they, they regard as a, as a leader, somebody who they should emulate in their behavior. And um, I, I think even somebody who genuinely is uh, the type of, in a leadership role, who genuinely wants to have everyone's best interests at heart, it's, it's an impossible position because so many people have so many different needs. So, you know, ultimately, I think each of us is usually the best uh, arbiter of understanding, uh, having the opportunity to know what's in our own best interests. And we should try to figure this out for ourselves rather than uh, just assuming somebody else has that for us. Well, so that's kind of where my view, I think, might differ from yours in respect to this. Sure. Well, of course, uh, we're, we are probably going to disagree on 90% of what's out there to agree or disagree upon. You'll probably find this 10% common ground. But I mean, I will say this, that, uh, yeah, we obviously have some different positions. Um, one yeah. of one of the, and, and I guess if you want to go down this route, I guess I might as well take you down this route because I've already explained to you why if you believe in evolution and you believe that we've gotten here through purely naturalistic means, how that can totally make sense to influence racism, okay? So start with there. One, two, if you also believe that there's not going to be any an eternal accountability for what you're doing. You can totally understand why someone like a Kim Il-sung, a Kim Jong-il would say, hey, there's no God. I'll turn myself into God. And uh, no one's going to ultimately hold me accountable to this. So I oh. do believe that atheism can give some justification to some really, really bad stuff. Um, because part of it, it's interesting when I hear atheists say, well, Atheists, we don't have any ethics, and we just, it's a denial of one thing. Like, wow. that's not something I, I would... I atheists to say that, but I, I, I heard, So I've heard a lot of atheists say that, a lot. And so if wow. that's what you're saying, I, I'm not talking about a lot, brother. I, I'm not BSing you this, but they say, we only, atheism is the, only the lack of belief in God. Everything else is extra. Well, that's part of the problem, because you're going to have a lot of people come up with a lot of different ideas, like people like Hitler genuinely believed that they were doing the right thing you know what i mean they genuinely felt that uh idea um yeah, i'm not sure why you're moving to hitler because i think you're talking about atheists right i'm just saying in general uh, yeah okay. hitler had some kind of um a cult well, he, he, was, he was definitely not an atheist that's for sure he was a christian 
Well, he wasn't a Christian, but he, he definitely was an atheist. He, had some... he made some statements stating that he's definitely Christian, and that's been made pretty clear. But um, yeah, but that's, if, that's the whole idea. Of some propaganda. people argue he was pagan instead, and it's when I take a look at the things he's produced, he's. But the the point is that I will also say here is that just because he's a Christian doesn't mean that other Christians are all immediately like him. I am not sure. in favor of the built by association fallacy, sure. and that's sure. definitely not what I'm meaning here. So um, yeah, there are uh, some very bad people who use their religion to justify their horrible actions, and there are right. atheists who will use other reasons to justify their horrible right. actions. And there's a very interesting documentary you can look at about okay. uh, send me a Hitler, link later. Yeah. Hitler's secretary, and um, she, she 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 talks about how he was just like behind closed doors, you know, because actually. If you think about the speeches that he gave, like no one could keep that level of energy up. And she would talk about after these speeches, he would be like physically drained. And I totally get that. Sometimes <laughs> after these podcasts, I get totally physically drained uh, myself. Yeah. But, but, but the point being Hopefully is that. Not this one. <laughs> yeah, no, you're great. You're amazing. Though. She, she talked about um, how he was in the bunker. And she says that he was just. Um, like his his spirit has just left him like he just sits there and like i cannot believe that i actually lost this war because when he saw the failed attempts uh to kill him as those failing he totally believed that he was operating some kind of providence you know which i i i think any any logical person if they escaped death that many times that's something that they would believe you know so i'm, I, not, I, I'm not convinced of that but uh, carry on <laughs> Uh, about what point? Um, that um, somebody who's uh, escaped death so many times that there must be some superstitious reason okay. behind. It. I, I don't so, agree with that. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so, yeah. so, but if you get back to, um, if you get back to, I do have a question for you. Go ahead. If you get back to where where he adopted his belief that he was going to take over uh, Germany and make Germany great again, um, in, in the World <laughs> yeah, War. Yeah. Yeah. In World War World War One. He actually went blind for some time and it, it turned out he's like it was totally psychologically induced so one of the wow. doctors yeah one of the huh. doctors um like hypnotized him to believe that he was going to do something great and um it's like he got that in his head it's like a little seed that got planted in it and it and it uh unfortunately that was the fruition uh, that was the end game but no the reason why the only reason i was mentioning hitler is because I was just saying, you can genuinely believe that you're trying to do something right and totally screw up. Like yep. one of my favorite expressions is the, uh, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look, if, well, okay, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you Well, a I do have a question for you. Sure. For something you said earlier about um, uh, Kim Jong-il, uh, he's wouldn't be trying to get away with that. If you believe, if, if you, like you're saying, eternal punishment was necessary to uh, divert people from doing horrible things. My question there is, why must it be eternal? I understand the punishment idea, which I disagree with as well. I think our yeah. prison system needs to be reformed in regard to be more rehabilitative than punishment-based. But yes, but as far as why does it need to be eternal? Yeah, well, I, that makes no sense to me. Um, that's something that if that exists the way that Christians have described it, 
there is a very serious character flaw, um, I would have to say, in God, if, if it's described exactly the way that you see it. Because I, well, this it is how it's been described to me by many Christians. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make. There's multiple reasons, like especially if you have eternity to try to perfect a soul, it doesn't make sense to to judge the totality of someone over the courses of what they would make in, during one lifetime, especially because infinite punishment for a finite crime. Yeah. Well, what I and what I've talked about is, is the domino effect that's getting pushed over on you by trillions of different factors, most of which your mind couldn't begin to compute or comprehend you know what i mean okay so i i would agree with you there but so because i live in south korea i went to north korea as an atheist that put a very big crack in the ceiling of my atheism because i became so thoroughly convinced that what was going on there was wrong one and two i was I it's wrong i tried to explain this i tried to find a reason to condemn this inside of my atheism inside of my dog eat dog um, survival of the fittest worldview and i couldn't and i'm not saying you can't and i'm not saying atheists don't i'm telling you i couldn't reconcile it caused a huge okay. level of cognitive dissidence so i didn't become a christian as a result of that but it like wow i really need to rethink my positions here so with kim jong kim il-sung he was actually the son of like very devout uh, christian parents and so when he went to school, and you'll, you'll probably totally understand this, when he went to church and he saw the way the pastors were preaching and singing and stuff, like, he's like, oh, man, I could totally hijack this. And so someone like um, Jim Jones, like, who was an atheist, yeah. totally goes here to school, uh, to church and says, wow, this guy commands everyone's attention. I could totally do this. And I could totally get people, um, you know, I could totally get people to come along with whatever I want to do, whatever twisted things I want to do. So it could definitely yeah. be used as a justification. I think you're spot on as far as that. These are bad people. Whatever they can use to, to execute their, their bad intentions, they'll do it. Sure. That's the problem with them. So sure. it may be a religion thing. It may be something else. And uh, for that, it's, I do find it hard to blame the religion for it uh, exclusively. But um, if, I, if I could ask you one last question, um, because I, I mentioned um, about the racism issue, and you didn't really seem to respond to anything about that, but I want to oh, ask... I'm sorry if I missed something. I'll gladly answer. But I do want to ask... I thought you, I did address the racism thing, but go ahead. Well, can you, can you address why, from an evolutionary standpoint, like... Uh, oh, here's an example. Like, I'm sorry to get back to... Uh, I don't have to apologize. It's, it's an easy, it's an Toast. easy, it's low hanging fruit, but they were obsessed with like looking at um, the, the cranial, um, you know, tr trying to figure out what was making German people, uh, the German people just from the, you know, the size of the brain or skull or nose, whatever. And so you can understand, like, if you're getting on that slope, you can understand why people um, could make those kind of justifications if that's what you're actually uh, espousing. And I'm not saying you, you espouse that. I'm just saying you could, that's a logical assumption you could, you could make there, you know? Like I wouldn't be able to make the logical assumption that like white people are superior from the Bible. Like, I don't know how in the heck you would, you would get to there. Um, but I could see where that could exist inside of a, an atheism. Perhaps it does make sense. Perhaps they're, perhaps they're, um, they weren't properly informed, um, uh -huh. you know, Look at um, there was a time when uh, it was popularly believed that uh, 
the planet Earth was the center of the universe, mm -hmm. and uh, or at least center of the solar system. And then uh, later, it was more information came along, better equipment, better techniques, more discovery, right. and right. better understanding of things. And now we understand that it's the sun, uh, our star, that's the center of our solar system, um, uh, traveling through space on the spiral arm of right. the galaxy and all this. So our as we get better informed, we can make uh, better determinations and um, uh, do our scientific research as a species uh, in a better direction that's, that's uh, hopefully going to be more fruitful. So I would say there's probably a couple of factors at play there with the Nazi regime that uh, they, they want to have that superior race. So there's that right. bias, the tunnel vision there that probably affected their judgment. I think that that's probably a given. Um, and the other thing was they probably, I think it's fair to assume that they don't know as much back then as we know now about, um, about how human health works and human development works yeah. and, and all these different things and genetics and, and whatnot. Sure. Um, yeah. So if you're going to ask me a question specifically yeah. about evolution, uh, there, there please, was one. you know that evolution is not my specialty. Well, you, you wouldn't need, to, you wouldn't really, it, it's actually. But I, hope this, I hope I've answered your question at least. Um, well, it's actually whether or not you understand anything about um, evolution is actually irrelevant to that question because okay. all, the only point I'm saying is you can understand the justification of someone who will say the, the Aryans or the, the UK, because this is the kind of thinking that people in the UK got into with down in Australia and um, some of the other Aboriginal uh, places that they just say, you guys clearly will measure your skulls or do whatever. You guys are more closely, look closer to uh, Neanderthals or, or monkeys uh, to black people. You can understand that. I'm, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying you do that. I'm not saying any atheist does that. I'm telling you, if that's, you can understand that that's a logical implication, um, uh, how someone could get there. I think it's kind of the same way they got there with things like uh, iridology. Uh, okay, is, that's another one. Hold on. I R I D O L O G. I R D. I R I D. Okay. O L O G Y. So iridology. This is uh, uh, it's an idea that has been debunked thoroughly, um, but there are still are some quack uh, medical quack pr practitioners out there. Uh, the idea is that you can map out the eye um, and different parts correspond to different parts of the body. And these people believe that if your liver is uh, suffering, then that'll show up in one part of your eye. If your kidneys are suffering, it'll show up in a different part. If you've got a broken leg, uh, there'll be a different indicator. So uh, and this, this is so easy to debunk and it's been thoroughly, it's been thoroughly debunked. But there are people who believe that. So how people came to that is um, they there's all sorts of different things, but uh, perhaps um, they weren't well enough informed and the person presenting it was convincing for them. I think as we move forward in society, like I see here in British Columbia, Canada, mm -hmm. where I am, the school system here in the last uh, decade or so has introduced uh, critical thinking into the curriculum. Um, it was race already theory? there, but they, they've added to it. Pardon? The race theory or just critical thinking in general? 
crit critical thinking. I, I didn't okay. say anything about race theory. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm just talking about critical thinking and, and skepticism, just that right. sort of thing. Right. Um, That's great. That's great. Yeah. And so we've been gradually adding more and more of it. And I've seen it uh, actually in practice with my own kids as they go through school. So uh, because they're in the public system and the mm -hmm. public system here is quite good quality. Um, so they're, um, I think as we go forward, we need to be teaching people more about critical thinking. And there's two sure, aspects sure. That, that need to be taught. One is the, um, the, the skills component, which most people have no trouble understanding. Okay, that's logical or that's a fallacy. Right, or right, right. Or whatever, right? So you're, you're understanding the technical side of it. That's the skill side, right? The, and then there's the attitudinal component, which is that are you doxastically open? Are you willing to take to change your point of view when presented mm -hmm. with with things that are reliable and uh, and to question your own epistemology right. and that that's uh, dr peter bogosian got into this uh, with his book a manual for creating atheists which he originally wanted titled street epistemology but the publisher wanted a title that would sell more books so they overruled him and called it a manual for creating atheists uh, <laughs> It's a really good read uh, because uh, he gets into uh, the critical thinking aspects uh, quite a lot and yeah. uh, questioning your ideas. And, and there's been quite a few uh, religious people who read it and said it's helped them to think more clearly about their own. Sure, sure, sure. And um, I didn't discover that until my sophomore year because I went to Bible college my freshman year, dropped out, became an atheist, then went to junior college learned all about the proper lines of reasoning. And then I later went back to Bible college and took that training with me and just, just totally was able to defunct and debunk and diffuse a lot of the things that they were saying. For instance, like saying um, homosexuality is the worst sin above everyone else. That made no sense, absolutely no sense uh, from the Bible, like at all. So especially most of the guys were at, the, at our school were like struggling with pornography addiction. So it's like, how are you going to try to say that you are in any way better than this person or some of the guys who had a, were sleeping with their girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's, in my, in my opinion, we're all like on the same footing. Like I, I'm as equally bad as anyone else. I, I don't put myself above a trans or a gay or a, a bisexual or um, trisexual. I don't know. There's all kinds of new aloe or demi, demisexual. There's all kinds of stuff I can't even keep up with, but um, I don't, I'm a former, I'm a recovered alcoholic. I'm a recovered oh, womanizer. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a recovered womanizer. Actually was mar married, divorced with my wife for five years, went back to America, found Jesus Christ, came back to South Korea. She got pregnant the night I got back with our daughter. So, um, I've been down that road of some really dark and disparate places. And so, uh, for me, I don't want to discourage anyone for coming into the light. And, um, to me, if I were to treat you with disrespect or, um, hatred or anything like that um i just feel like i would repel you more so that's not where i want to meet you at but i want to do want to ask you this last question well you've been you've been entirely respectful the whole time and i, I appreciate this conversation very much sure I appreciate this time with you absolutely yeah. and you've you've obviously given me some stuff to think about here i'm about to put it in my <laughs> brain sorry about that <laughs> no 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 oh, no no I'm, I'm, I'm canadian i'm supposed to apologize <laughs> stereotypes I, i'm telling you, know. you i love canadians i never met a canadian until i moved to south korea 
and I gotta tell you, I'm so in love with Canadians. Um, like just generally good people, like especially they're just not as obnoxious as a lot of the Americans I've encountered. So well, I definitely if you're appreciate- ever if you're ever finding yourself traveling to British Columbia, Canada, uh, let me know ahead of time because uh, we'll uh, get together for a drink or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I It'll actually nice this podcast started out at an atheist society group where I went there to kind of like confront and debate uh, another atheist guy. And is that a pizza parlor? So we sat down for a pizza and a few pitchers of beer. And I'm like, God, I really like this guy. Like, I don't want to debate this guy. And so we're like, let's do a podcast together. And so um, that's where we did. We're just trying to present things from a different perspective. But the last question I do want to ask you though, is what, what, what political system do you believe is more closely aligned inside of a, if you believe in a doggy dog um, survival of the fittest, uh, that's your, that's your framework you're working in. Do you believe that communism uh, or fascism would make more sense inside of that? Or do you believe they're equally? Um, fascism is, well, fascist. It's, it's terrible. Uh, because people don't have their freedoms. Communism has never been implemented uh, according to Karl Marx's ideals. So it's, uh, it's kind of one of those paradoxes almost. Uh, it, the implementations of, of communism, uh, the biggest problem is like one of the ideals of communism, which seems reasonable on the surface, is that uh, there are no uh, social classes. Everybody's the same mm-hmm. level. It's a level playing field. But then, of course, every implementation of it has had at least a separate class called the ruling class. Right. Uh, the ruling class. So it's never been true communism, so to speak. So there's been some issues with that. I, I don't know if it would actually even be possible with our current right. way society works and the way humanity in general works for this right. to even possibly work. Right. Um, now, the advantage that communism has over democracy is that it scales extremely well to really large populations. Um, Democracy doesn't scale so well. As the populations get larger, the stakes get higher, and political alliances start to form and reduce the number of parties. It seems to happen all the time. And then when the number of parties are reduced, society suffers because it becomes more polarized. And so, um, like here in Canada, we have five major parties Mm -hmm. plus a number of independents to choose from. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of little parties all over the place as well. They're viable, though? Sorry? They're viable? All of the five uh, major parties are definitely viable. And we've had a few independents elected over the years as well. Um, In the U.S., comparatively, we see they have two major parties and everything else is ignored. Mm-hmm. So, and the polarization is very strong in the U.S. Now, there's also cultural reasons for this. It's not purely because of the politics. Because you have, um, in culture, people are choosing their friends based on their politics because uh, people tend to be fairly open about uh, their political uh, I- political idealism. And uh, also uh, their religions. Uh, I've noticed that. Whereas here in Canada, these two subjects tend to be kept more private people keep it more to themselves and right. uh, don't wear it on their chest so to speak uh, and so we, we tend to not discuss these topics very often here um, and when the topics are discussed people tend to be more accepting and uh, oh that's, okay that's interesting and not confrontational so so 
Oh, now, sorry. as sorry. far as a good system, I think instead of fascism or communism, uh, I definitely like what I'm getting from secular democracy. I would like to see democracy with proportional representation in the voting mm -hmm. and also some aspects of uh, meritocracy mixed in with it, which we don't have. Meritocracy? Um, so, yeah, a bit of uh, a touch of meritocracy mixed in with democracy. I What's think that? could go quite a long way. And uh, that could well, get us. What's meritocracy? A... Sorry. What's meritocracy? Is that where like merchants or oh, somewhat? It's a it's a merit based uh, approach. So oh, like China, like China. Yeah, I agree with you there. China is kind of uh, a hybrid between communism and meritocracy. Um, so it's it's an interesting and meritocracy can be much more easily implemented in a non democratic system. So. Their recent, their recent social uh, credit system, though, I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, but I've lived in Asia for 10 years, so I've been more Easternized in my thinking. So it's kind of hard to have conversations with people from the West because, um, like, for example, like Bl Black Lives Matter or uh, police brutality. It's kind of like I see that here and I'm like, uh, if you got beat up while uh, committing a crime, like, maybe you shouldn't be committing crime in the future. And that's kind of like the way they... They see it here. They're like, uh, we're not going to feel sympathy for someone who's out breaking a crime and gets beat up. Like, don't go out and break crime. Like, that's the solution. That's the solution. So I really do like uh, Korea's like a uh, model. With, but anyway, they would not be able to understand the Black, the Black Lives Matter movement because in their Confucius system, it's just it just would totally wreck that. They it just it wouldn't compute inside of their brain. Like when I first got here. And I told my, my girlfriend, my then girlfriend, that someone was going to a, uh, an old folks home. It literally just could not compute into her brain. She was like, like, wait, old what is people? That? Like an old folks, a retirement home. No, no, I mean, she's asking, what is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she, and I'm like, I was explaining to her. And she's like, why would they not go? Like, it just couldn't. Because here it's considered an honor for the mills to have a care home, a, re a retirement home, and none of those terms make sense, do they? And I, I just think I think we could, as, as Americans, um, as, as Westerners, we could learn a lot from Asia. Because I don't know about that iridology; I can't right. explain it all about that. But I definitely know acupuncture works because I've definitely experienced that, and I've experienced some of the bloodletting. And um, I, I mean, I, I went to when I was getting divorced, I had knots and backaches everywhere, and. Um, my students are telling me there's a relationship between the mind and, and the body and you can't just separate them. And so um, they, you know, they took me to one of these places and um, so relaxing, um, so nice. And yeah, is there, yeah. But that being said, um, yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, do you have any last thoughts, uh, Randall? Um, well, I guess uh, I think you're talking a bit about people committing crimes. I think it's very important that the punishment does fit the crime. And uh, there's very often a, uh, a tendency of some people to say, punish them, put them in jail, throw away the key. Yeah, I don't agree that. really harsh. And uh, it's it's a fundamental injustice that we, we don't do that. You know, we, we want to try to help people get back into society. Yes. Right. What is the point of uh, putting somebody in prison for life? You know, like if they're a danger to society, I understand that. But um, in many cases, there's people who are behind bars who um, don't really need to be there. You know, it's yeah. uh, there's a lot of people who you can help. There's uh, all yeah. kinds of therapeutic things that can be done. 
uh, to make them better and get back to being part of society. And and it's it saddens me when I see people are uh, they they've done the time in prison and they they want to get back in society and uh, do turn over a new leaf and become a right. better part of better members of society and not go back to the criminal uh, the world. But yeah. then people employers very often don't want to hire them because they have right. a criminal right. record. And so they end up stuck. Like if they can't get a job, right. then the only option they have is back to what they know. And it's a vicious cycle. It's really awful. Right. What, one of my friends just spent uh, 15 years in prison and got out. And um, what was he, he in for? So he was with some people who like stabbed another guy like in the lake. And okay. because it was like kind of a crazy situation, um, by the time the police got there and took care of him and everything, I guess he had some kind of artery. He just bled. It wasn't like a cold-blooded murder, but he just happened to be with the guys who were doing that. And so, um, anyway, I, I've been communicating with him and over the years. And, and my dad's also a chaplain. He got to take a lot of uh, therapeutic courses and um, got to get some certifications and training so that when he did get out, he had a place to go live and he had a job uh, lined up for him. And so that's what I believe in. I believe as a Christian, yeah. I received rehabilitation um, from God that's totally changed my life and I would not want to deny that to a Darth Dawkins to Trump to Kim Jong-un to like I, I don't I don't do not discriminate against anyone I, I do not want to bring I do not want to I do not want to stop anyone from getting into the light and the treatment that I've gotten and so I, I believe well, they, in Norway they do they do there is value in people being held accountable for their bad actions though yeah, but Norway's model, Norway's model is the best model out there because... Um, yeah, Norway's got a good system. I, he I heard, I saw the interview with, uh, with one of the wardens and the first thing that he says in there is he walks in and they're having kind of just a meeting and he says, look, you're going to be my neighbor in the next five years and I need you to be, I need you to get back to uh, a place where I'm going to be comfortable with you living right next to me and let's work to get there, you know? They do gardening. They do yeah. music. In fact, I mean, it's like literally, they don't even lock their cell. You can't even call it a cell. It's like a plush hotel. They don't even lock their doors. They can come in and go out as they as they as they wish. And yeah. uh, they literally have like it's like a four star resort. So yeah, things like that, getting people into a meditation, um, uh, counseling, counseling did it yeah. wonders for me. Um, but you know, exercise, understanding the relationship between the body and the mind, and unlearning the negative patterns that because as i said no one's came into this world a criminal so yes hold people accountable but also understand that people learn racist people learn violence those are learned things so yeah. just understand well, that coupled with rehabilitation is very important and one of the things that was done there was an interesting prison study mm -hmm. they brought uh animals in for the prisoners mm -hmm. to <laughs> take care of and the results were astounding they it was wonderfully therapeutic and uh, that mm -hmm. got shut down by neoconservatives. Well, we are on totally board. I think neoconservatives are a much bigger threat than you, um, Randolph. So uh, we would be allies against people. <laughs> I am people. glad to hear that. Uh, I wasn't expecting such a comparison, but wow. Don't get me wrong. I, you're an enemy, but you're like, I would consider you like a Joseph Stalin to like, Adolf Hitler and I'm the American coming in here. I'm sorry for the analogy, but I, I'm you're, I'm siding with the Joseph Stalin because I believe that they're that they're the kind of things they want to do 
are a lot more dangerous. Uh, they want to weaponize Christianity. Uh, they want to weaponize things to hurt people. And I just do not believe in that. I, I'd say politically, we'd probably be 98% in line because uh, I think I am, we agree on a lot of stuff, but I, I the I, I don't I, I got to push back against the Joseph Stalin comparison. He uh, used the he used the church to manipulate the masses, so it's not something that I really want any association with. Because I definitely don't favor using a church to manipulate people. I want people right. to uh, be uh, have an honest understanding of uh, and, and like some kind of integrity with their understanding of what's going on in the yeah. world instead of uh, being told you should believe this because it's true. Yeah, and for the record, though, that, that's the same kind of exact same kind of thing that Hitler uh, was doing as far as what you're saying about maybe saying that he was Christian because, I mean, their principle as far as propaganda, Joseph Goebbels, is just lie as many times as you possibly can. Make because, the lie bigger, more people will believe it. Yeah, th this is why I, I cannot believe this under Trump. Trump. Yeah. I've never seen somebody lie so frequently on so some stuff you didn't even need to lie about. It was like, it was irrelevant to lie about. And that didn't matter in one sense of the word. You know what I mean? Like, I, you can understand certain lies. Like, maybe I'll tell certain lies myself, if I'm being honest. But some of the stuff was just so small. It's like, why do you need to lie about the crowd size? Just say <laughs> you just... You had a decent sized rally. That's fine. Like, there's no need to go to this level of lying and exaggeration on every point. You know, like, no human being is the best at every last thing they do on the planet. So, if I were to say I'm the most handsome, I'm the most well endowed, I'm the richest person in the world, I would be lying on so many fronts. But that's what Donald Trump did. He was, I'm the best at everything. Um, I've never made a mistake. I don't need to. I don't need to repent because I never make any mistakes. And so uh, when people I, were going I along with it, I thought it was interesting when he used two hands to drink water very awkwardly <laughs> and the whole crowd was cheering him on. I, <laughs> that was like, I, I wondered if that was orchestrated, but no, yeah. it was a real thing. <laughs> so I think he missed the point of my analogy, though, is like, don't get me wrong. Like, I have a big beef with atheists because I do believe some of these, yeah, some of the teachings... Uh, you may say you don't have this. I believe that you've, saying, you've got good reason for it. You've specified they've been saying certain things that are quite nasty. And I agree yeah. with you. I have beefs with those atheists myself. Yeah. I mean, just just maybe a couple of weeks ago, these guys were in, in the discord. The atheists, they just sat by and no one stood up to this. They sat there and trashed me and my daughter saying she wasn't even my daughter and that she was going to grow up to be a prostitute. Things like that. And wow. I understand people say things like that. But, Those are bad people. Yeah, but, but I mean, listen to this. Um, do you happen to know Artangelo? Yep. Well, I went into I'm going to be moderating on Godless Granny's channel tomorrow between him and Godless Granny. Well, yeah, if you could hook me up with anyone else, I'd really appreciate um, oh, having some more conversations. To. But I went onto Artangelo's channel, and these Christians were dropping F-bombs on him, calling him like an idiot. And I stood up there on this channel. I'm like, dude, this is not right. This guy, yeah. you need to treat this person with respect. And I and I and, and then the guys turned on me. They called me a soy boy and said that I was <laughs> placating them or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm like, I believe we need we definitely need to confront this atheism. But I, I laughed dropping, at the term soy boy. I wasn't laughing at you, don't worry. I never so. heard it before. That was the first time <laughs> I, I've ever it's a, but, I find it quite bizarre, but it's, but it's actually well there's another one. I think this I think he called me a simp as well. 
And I guess when I looked at that one is, I guess guys who like to watch other guys like um, bang their own wives or something or girlfriends. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, those are some pretty extreme words to yeah. use about me. And Urban so, Dictionary is a really good source for understanding slang. Right. So, but, yeah. but this guy now, he's now become one of my co-hosts and um, the guy who they were bashing. And that is one of my biggest achievements as uh, with this podcast is that I've taken someone who was being totally abused, ridiculed, and disrespected um, amongst atheists. And I told on Tangela, I told him, dude, this is not right. Like, if you were to come onto my channel and do this, I would shut you down so quickly. You would not, I would not allow this to take place You've on my standards. channel. And, and I have respect for that, as yeah. you should have standards. <laughs> it's your yeah. channel. It's up to you. So yeah, yeah and some yeah. people run channels very lackadaisically and others are very strong on it, right? So it, yeah. Well, I my think- core values, I, I, I couldn't give, and I don't care, I'm gonna, I couldn't give a shit if you agree with me or disagree with me. Mm-hmm. If you're a Christian, that is irrelevant to me. If you're going to sit there and try to disrespect and try to hurt people, I am going to stand up to you. If I hear Donald yeah, Trump talking about immigrants or Muslims or gays or trans, like I, I'll tell you this. Okay, I disagree with a lot of stuff about transgender people, okay? But if you're willing to put on a uniform and go fight for the country, something I'm not willing to do, there's no way in God's green earth I'm going to sit there, especially someone who dodged, you know, dodged going into Vietnam. I'm not going to sit there and tell you you can't do something like serve your country because you have a heck of a lot more. Um, it's a very generous thing to do. I was going to say, um, I don't want to, I was gonna, you must have more gonads than I do because <laughs> I wouldn't do that. So if you're willing to do that, I tip my hat to you. When I see officers, police officers or soldiers out, I will buy them a coffee. I will shake their hand. I wow. say, I appreciate you putting your life on the line every day because not everybody appreciates that. But because of soldiers, I'm with you. 100%. My daughter is not getting invaded by North Korea, so I have so much respect for people who have. My mom was a Vietnam veteran; um, she's passed away. But uh, my sister was a veteran. My aunt, cousins, I have may don't agree with the wars they get flung into, but that doesn't reflect on them. They've signed up to defend their country. If they get used as a pawn, that doesn't reflect on the soldiers. They're they're just being used, you know. So, um, yeah, and is very important. Yeah. The, the police officers, as again, if I see them out, um, if I'm at a hotel, I'll send them over a beer. Uh, I'll send them over a dessert and just tell them, um, how much I appreciate that. I don't know any other job than those two where you, you risk your life every single day and you get very rarely get the, the level of respect, due, due respect in that you deserve. And so, um, that's my own personal ethics, um, yeah, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with you there. And it's nice that we uh, found a lot of points of agreement here. Um, I, I, I push back against people when they are uh, doing those horrible things, as you mentioned, racism, bigotry, and things like that. And it doesn't matter if they're atheist or theist. I'll, I'll push back in both uh, categories. It's yeah. fine. It's the way it is. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame that people feel the need to uh, to, uh, to denigrate others. I think as we are all of the same species on this planet, we need to try to help each other and I agree. be more uplifting uh, in our approach and encouraging people instead of uh, trying to compete all the time. And I think capitalism 
it has created a lot of this competitive uh, idealism. Well, next to atheism, I strongly believe that capitalism is the worst idea ever created by humans. But um, well, I do believe it was an idea we created. I, uh, but I'm just saying, in my opinion, <laughs> I, I, I'll just end off on this. It's my opinion that atheism is, uh, you know, just going off of me. I believe that it's, it has the potential to hurt a lot of people. And I, because I've experienced God, I know that there is something out there. One, but, but capitalism. My sentiments um, are similar that I think religion is used by people to hurt people in very bad ways as well. I agree with you there. Well, we're on, yeah. we're we are on, on the same page. same page and we'll fight active, we'll fight the shoulder to shoulder taking the on the Trump. The difference is that with Christianity, there's a doctrine and with other religions as well. And there's a doctrine and there are instructions in the doctrine to hurt people. And, uh, and that's the problem. Well, maybe we'll have to have that for round two, that specific discussion. <laughs> round two, what, for, you mean what, for, for another episode? Okay. Yeah. I don't want to call them rounds because I don't think <laughs> of this as a competition. I this sometimes... Good conversation. I sometimes put boxing um, boxing gloves up on the... MMA boxing is, gloves, right? What was that? <laughs> MMA boxing gloves, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because it's kind of a joke. I, would, I if, you, if you look at our, our channel and you look at... Um, you know, I, my, my coasts are atheists. So whenever I say like, um, it's going to be a Christian versus a Catholic, and then we're just sitting down and talking. So it's kind of like the joke's on you if that's what you want to see, because that's not where um, I've been. They've put some serious cracks in the ceiling of my uh, Christianity, if I'm going to be honest. And as I told you with the, with the trans issue, I've, I've developed and I've grown from that Oz played a big role in that and telling me about the way that I wanted to be treated. We kind of got into that conversation at the beginning about the golden rule, but Oz definitely, he didn't break the ceiling, but he put a, a serious dent in it. And along have come other people who have put serious dents in my thinking. So just shows though, I'm, uh, I'm open. If I want you to be open to the idea that Christianity is true and that there is a God out there who, who loves you and has created you for a purpose, I need to be open, open to Muslims or Sheikhs or uh, Sikhs or uh, Hindus, whoever comes on my channel. Like I, I want to, I want to afford you the same due respect that if I'm presenting my position to you, that you'll have the same level of open-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. And um, yeah, I think it's a good place to end. And I just want to say thank you for joining us today at RG Podcast. Uh, very special thanks to Randolph. I mean, this has been well worth the last four months that I've, actually been quite frustrated that we haven't been able to do this in the last few yeah, months. I've gotten a little sorry. bit angry, yeah. but uh, special thanks to you. Um, check us out at www.rgpodcast.com. Send us an email at rg at gmail.com or check us out at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Spotify, just about everywhere you can find somewhere you can find us. And, then, and, and uh, our, our website for Canadian Atheists is at www.canadianatheists.ca. Uh, we have Discord as well. Right. So thank you very much. Well, you have a Discord? I, really great. Sorry? You have a Discord. Uh, yeah. If you go to the contact page on the Canadian Atheists website, you'll find the Discord link in there along with other uh, social media resources. Great. We'll uh, put LinkedIn everything up. And whatnot. Sorry? We'll put everything up for you. Um, great. Thank you very hey, much. I appreciate it. Do you drink Starbucks? Do you guys have Starbucks in Canada? 
Yeah, we have Starbucks here. <laughs> we send out we send out some little small gift cards as a thank you for joining oh, us. Oh wow! Today, so. yeah. yeah, you don't really have to, but uh, thank oh, you. Oh, do we much. do? That's it. It's what we do. So it's uh, well. I, we wow. Okay. So I guess uh, what I'll do Appreciate is I'll uh, try to save that for the next time I'm on stream with you. Uh, <laughs> okay. But seriously, I this was a delightful conversation. I I really appreciate uh, the time speaking with sure. you today and uh, uh, covering the topics just as we did. It was uh, sure. it was very enjoyable. Awesome.